0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with a West Coast bias. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's the best basketball player. Ooh, that would definitely be me, uh, Ryan Newman. <laughs> I don't know about definitely, Ryan. I didn't say that, but all right, that's fine. I did, yeah. And I'm joined by the other brother, who is the best golfer. Yes, thank you. That's Trey Newman. Oh, Mike, whoa, did you just give Trey a compliment? you never <laughs> give him a compliment. It's always some snide kind of comment there. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling happy because we're about to preview the Pac-12 South, which is my favorite team, USC's division. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to ask a favor of, of the new listeners. We've got a lot of new listeners, which we're happy to see. Um, so for any of those new listeners, go into your podcast app and rate and review. Give us five stars. We'd we'd really appreciate it. That would uh, that'd be awesome. But let's get into our first segment now, and it is called Call Me Crazy, But. Trey, why don't you get us started? Call me
2: crazy, but I think Khalil Tate is the best quarterback in the conference. Now... I'm fully aware that there's been a ton of hype around Khalil Tate, and I'd usually shy away from, from guys like this. But but now with Kevin Sumlin at the helm and having a full offseason of being the guy, I think it's going benefit, to benefit Tate. You know, remember last year, Dawkins was the one who started the, the season, and Tate didn't really take off until a few games into the year. So I think Tate is the best
0: in the conference. Yeah, you're, you're crazy, Trey. I mean, if you would have said <laughs> the best QB in the Pac-12 South, okay, I might have given it to you, but not the imp- entire Pac-12. You got Browning and you got Herbert up there in the North, and I think they're certainly better than Tate. So, I I would probably put Tate third, though it would be close with a couple other guys, but um,
1: best QB in the Pac-12? No, sorry. I'm going faction on this one. That is so weak, Michael. Oh, <laughs> man. Which is a mix. A mix of fact and fiction. I think they got it, Mike. But but here's the reason. I think it depends on the context. If I've if I've got a team that's got mediocre recruiting classes like Arizona, then I want that game breaker. I want that guy who's a really high quality Heisman candidate, or at least potentially. There's high variance with with Khalil Tate. If I've got a team that's got more talent around it, around the quarterback, a better offensive line, then sure, give me Justin Herbert, give me Jake Browning. So I just think it it, it depends on on who you are. Fair enough. I get your point. Okay, my turn. I just met you, and this is crazy, but I think that JT Daniels might have a better season in 2018 than Sam Darnold had in 2017.
2: But here's my number.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm glad somebody got that. I'm glad somebody got that. Um, is, is Carly Rae Jepsen on the call? I didn't realize that. Nice, Trey.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was Carly. Carly, welcome, welcome to the College Football Bros.
1: Carly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't one hundred percent believe this, but but here's my case for it. Darnold had twenty two turnovers last year, which was as many as a hundred and one FBS teams. So even if Daniel struggles a little bit and has fifteen turnovers, that's still a big head start from where Sam Darnold was last year. And then the other the other reason is the offensive line. I think there's four starters back. So I think that should uh, should help Daniels out a little bit, maybe not take quite as many sacks as Darnold. That's the extent of my argument. <laughs> it's a tough and, case to make. And that's where it ends. Um, yeah,
0: I, I think you're crazy, Mike. I, I know Darnold had a ton of turnovers, but he still led the Trojans to a Pac-12 title game, or a Pac-12 title championship, and a berth in the Cotton Bowl. So I sincerely doubt a true freshman, no matter how talented he is, will be able to come in and replicate that. So... Um, I'm going to say you're crazy. Well, Yeah. Well, unfortunately I do agree. I think he's crazy.
2: I'm just not sold on the JT Daniels hype train yet. I, I can't get over the fact that he should still be going to prom next year and not be ready to break down PAC 12
0: defenses. So nice. I'm just, just not quite there yet. Okay. Yep. I agree. Okay. My turn. Call me crazy, but I think the PAC 12 South will be the worst division in the country. And, by that, I mean the worst pow- power five division in the country. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, I, I assumed that. Yeah, just just, uh. just in case you didn't know. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the teams here, I, do, I just don't see any high-caliber teams that are, have any potential for playoff a- aspirations or anything. USC, I'm not quite high on them. Utah, I, I do like Utah, but they're not going to be like a top 15 team or anything. Um, Arizona, I, I'm not that super high on them. And then you got UCLA, Colorado, and ASU, now so now you're just listing teams, yeah but i'm I'm, I'm my point <laughs> is none of them are like top fifteen teams that have any sort of aspirations for playoff I mean maybe not realistically
2: yeah I mean I don't think you're crazy i I could maybe make a case for the Big Ten West, but you've got a team like Wisconsin there and they're they're great Northwestern's coming off a successful year then you've got the coaches at Purdue Minnesota and Nebraska providing hope at, at this time so and the other side is that the South is just, like you kind of touched on, Ryan, it, it's wide open. And in any given week, just about anyone can win within that division. So you I don't think you're crazy.
1: Pains me to admit it, but I also don't think you're crazy. Uh, Trey, you bring up the Big Ten West, but I also think the ACC Coastal is in this argument as to who the worst division and who's is. In that, and who's in that division? You got, that's the Miami and Virginia Tech division. So exactly. That's my point. Well, I feel like those two teams are the better than anybody in the
0: in the Pac 12 South. Well,
1: but all the news coming out of Virginia Tech the last, this whole offseason seems to have been bad. They're losing so many guys on the defense that I am uh, much lower on them than, than before, but we'll get to that in our ACC preview. Yeah. But I took a look at uh, the average uh, preseason rankings by Athlon and Phil Steele in each of these divisions. And so the Pac 12 South was averaged at 42. ACC Coastal was a little bit worse at 44. And the worst was actually the Big 10 West at 49. That might make you think I'm going to say you're crazy and the Big 10 West the, is the worst. But I think Illinois is the huge outlier there. That's sort of maybe unduly dragging down the conference more than <laughs> yeah. than one team should. Virginia, the same thing in the Coastal. So ultimately, I say you're not crazy, but it's close. <laughs> Michael, likes to, Michael likes to play the fence here. I do, I do. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Let's get to the tiered rankings and over under predictions. We'll start with our first tier, which is the contenders, and USC is the first contender. Their season win total is set at eight and a half. They lose a lot of their top guys on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they lose, of course, Darnold, Ronald Jones, and Deontay Burnett. Those are going to be tough shoes to fill. Stephen Mitchell, Stephen Mitchell as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of skill guys that are gone. On defense. They lose their top Havoc guys in Rashim Green and Uchenna Nwosu. Defensively, I'm not too worried, though. I think they're going to handle it just fine. They bring back just about everybody else. Uh, Porter, Porter Gustin even comes back from injury. I think he could potentially have a, a breakout year this year in his, I believe it's his senior year. So the defense is solid. Offensively, the skill talent should be fine with Stephen Carr at running back if he's healthy. Tyler Vaughn's is, is great, a great piece to build around at receiver. The O line brings back four starters. They should improve. The big question is JT Daniels and maybe we're penciling him in too early. Uh, Matt Fink and Jack Sears could certainly start game one, but either way, I think that position is going to hold USC back. So I'm going under eight and a half. Wow. Michael, you just, you're setting yourself up so you're not disappointed throughout the season. That's that's just what you do. I, I'll still be disappointed. <laughs> that, if there's one thing I know, I'll be disappointed. That's true. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to take the under here on USC. I'm not that high on them. And I really have two reasons for that. First, it's not sounding like USC will have a, a difference maker at QB this year. And two, I think they will struggle to stop the run again. USC last year was 113th in the nation in stuff rate. Which is run stops at or behind the line of scrimmage. And losing Nuosu, Green, and Fatu, whatever how you pronounce it, but losing those guys isn't going to help that matter. And to me, good QB play and stopping the run are the two most important things for a team. And I just don't see those being strengths for USC. So got to go under with them. Stopping the run, what is it, 1990? (laughs) It hurts, man. It hurts.
2: Stuff rate stuff rate. i'll show you stuff rate. all right wow i don't know what that means i'm not going to investigate it further go go on well back is against the wall for for mr helton here he's got to show us what he can do in year three i know the circumstances aren't really um favorable for him but i don't see how they can be overly successful with jt daniels at the helm this year if it is indeed him it's it's kind of reminds me of Matt Barkley years back and that team when he was a true freshman they went nine and four and they arguably had a better team around him they yeah, definitely did and and in in that season I think it was like the second game they went into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State as a I mean as a true freshman that's that's super impressive N- no I'm thanks not, to Barkley on that one if I might add well yeah but stop just, it with I, the snide comments Ryan <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just I just don't see you know Daniels in this squad doing something similar um, in this given season. But I hope I'm wrong. I, and eat crow. I, I enjoy USC. I'm always rooting for him. And in order to get over eight and a half, they're going to have to play better in the red zone. They ranked 92nd last year in that court category. So the other the last aspect I'm going to touch on is that pretty much all their tough games are on the road. So I'm not overly confident on the Men of Troy this season with that. So I. Got to maybe lean under. Eesh.
0: All right, who's uh, who's the next team that thinks they have a chance to beat USC? <laughs> All right, that would be uh, Utah. Their current over-under oh, bless is... Their <laughs> bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Their current over-under is at seven. And I'm pretty high on the Utes this year. Um, I, I th- Last year's team finished seven and six, but it was young. They were very sophomore heavy, and they showed their youth in close games. They went two and four in one score a game, so I think that will improve for the more experienced squad. They returned junior quarterback Tyler Huntley, who proved his value last year as they lost two out of the three games. He was injured, and they just weren't the same team. Um, they also returned their top two running backs, four offensive linemen, and four receivers who saw significant playing time. Um, losing Darren Carrington at wide receiver is going to hurt. He was a good player, but I think they have enough coming back that they'll be all right. Defensively, you can always count on the Utes to be solid. Over the last 11 years, they finished in the top 40 of S&P Plus defense 10 times. And the one year they didn't, they were 44. So I don't see any reason to, to doubt them this year. They returned a couple of dynamic pass rushers, most notably Bradley Anae, who led them with seven sacks. And they returned most of last year's secondary. Um, so I, I, I'm high on the Utes this year. I think they'll they'll improve a little bit over last year. Um, so I'm going to say they go over that seven and uh, reach, reach eight. Trey, uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Utes, I like the Utes this year. They were they were a really young team last year. And in fact, they were, I believe they were the the lone bull win for the Pac-12. Yeah, they dominated West Virginia. <laughs> That's right. So I'm a fan of Huntley, and he, he was solid, you know, prior to the injury last year. And they should have a pretty solid offense. And kind of like you touched on, Ryan, all their skill positions are filled with a rich class of juniors, so... They should be they should be set right there with with the offense. And you touched on their D line, that should be great. The problem with the Utes is their schedule. They drew the hard teams in the north. Washington, Stanford, and Oregon. Yeah, that's true. That's tough. So I'm gonna say I'm not gonna be on the fence like Michael and say push, but I'm gonna say barely <laughs> over because I'm a believer in Huntley and, and the offense under Whittingham, but I'm not
1: yet willing to say that they're gonna win the South with with that schedule. For me, I think seven and five is probably most likely, but I'm going to take a shot on the uh, the plus money under plus one fifteen. I just think, like you said, Trey, with that schedule, they of course they draw the big three, the dreaded big three from the north. So those are three potential losses right there. So the defense is solid; they're always solid, like you say, Ryan. We know that, but they just haven't been able to get over the hump offensively. I, I know a lot of people are high on Tyler Huntley, but there's still the potential injury risk from him. I know coaches are are coaching him up to try and avoid that harsh contact, but yeah, I just don't see anything drastically different about the offense this year. So that's why I'm taking a shot on the under. All right. Fair enough. All right. Who is our final sort of contender? <laughs> All right.
2: We're going to see the Arizona Wildcats. Their over-under is currently sitting at seven and a half with a slight lean of favoritism to the over. Now, There's obviously a new coach. There was some turmoil with Rich Rod. And in a situation like this, almost 100% of the time, I'd be a non-believer in in a team like this. But I think Kevin Sumlin was the absolute perfect fit for Arizona, and especially Khalil Tate. If Arizona wants to make some noise this year, they they need Tate to play like a Johnny Manziel or Lamar Jackson. Now, one of the key aspects of this offseason is they brought in Noel Mazzoni as the veteran offensive coordinator and I think that should help Tate they returned their star running back J.J. Taylor the top three wideouts so they should be stacked at, at the skill positions now the defense is a different story as it traditionally has been with Arizona they were pretty dreadful last year but most of it was due to their youth and they did start a lot of freshmen so for the most part the, the youth should should develop and, and get a little bit better this year. Now, remember, with their offense, the defense doesn't have to be the 85 Bears, but it, at the same time, it can't be towards the bottom of the country if they want to have a chance to win the South. The 85 Cal Bears? Come on, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> no, they avoid UW, and they get Oregon and USC in Tucson. So I'm going to go with Arizona over the 7.5 here.
1: I'm also going over with Arizona. I'm I'm really high on them oh, this you're year. You're not gonna say they, they push seven and a half? I couldn't couldn't go push. Really wanted to do yeah. it but uh, Going over. <laughs> um they scare me more than Utah this year as as a USC fan. The offense, like you said, Trey, I think is gonna be great. They were eighth in the country in S P plus last year, and I know Ryan as he likes to bring up, I'm sure he's probably gonna bring it up again. Khalil Tate did struggle a little bit on the ground the last three games <laughs> of last season, but I still think I mean he's too dynamic to to have that continue going forward, and I think he's getting underrated as a passer. He had 8.9 yards per attempt the entire season last year passing. Most of his receiving cores back, so I think he's got huge potential through the air. And the defense, like you said, Trey, they're, they're all three of their starting linebackers last year were freshmen. The secondary is a is a talented and experienced group, so they'll take a jump forward and not be totally awful. Maybe an Oregon esque jump forward. So uh-huh. give me the over. The last three games of the season, Khalil Tate oh, really man. struggled around the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Sorry I took that from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not as high on Arizona as you guys are um, for a couple reasons. Uh, it's a brand new staff implementing a new system. I, I know it's Kevin Sumlin, it should work out, but it, it should take a little while to gel, and I don't think it's going to be smooth from the get-go. And Second, I don't buy Tate's ability to throw the ball. I think teams will stack the box and make Tate try to beat them uh, with his arm. And teams did start to figure him out towards the end of last year. Yeah, Purdue really figured him out through the air in that bowl game. I mean, one game, one game. Come on now. It's a bowl (laughs) game. Anything happens in a bowl game, man. Uh, But anyways, plus, I don't think his old line is very good. So there's potential for a lot of sacks and negative plays, which will really hurt. And yeah, their defense sucks. I mean, they haven't been good for a while. (laughs) It's really not good. I mean, I know they were kind of young last year, but if they're a freshman, there's only going to be sophomores this year. It's not like they're going to be super old and veteran presence out there. So I'm taking the under um, on Arizona. And, but let me ask you guys this. Um, is Khalil
1: Tate the most important player to his team in the Pac-12? Uh, yeah, I think definitely. Arizona, uh, probably of all the teams in the country that I can think of right now, has the widest range of outcomes. If Khalil Tate is the next taylor martinez then they'll be a defeated they could win five games next year oh, oh but if what? he's the next lamar jackson or or pat white or whatever what have you then yeah they could go 10 and 2 it wouldn't shock me so yeah i would uh i'd say i'd say he is the most important i would probably say yes i mean he you look at him that what that five game stretch
2: they were you know they were already putting him in new york and, and having heisman campaigns for him which was pretty crazy but but I would argue, maybe within the conference itself, you've got a guy like Justin Herbert. We saw what what Oregon was without oh, him. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but but I mean, Oregon still has some pretty good talent, regardless. So I think uh, I wouldn't. You're not that crazy for saying Khalil Tate would be the most valuable to his team.
1: Hey, we're not playing "Call Me Crazy" butt anymore, Trey. All right, <laughs> yeah, the <this> segment's over. <laughs> no, I know. But uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on to our dark horses. Our first dark horse is uh, a favorite team of mine. UCLA, their over under is five and a half, and the under is a big favorite at minus 140 after a large bet I just placed. (laughs) Um, So Chip Kelly is back, of course. Um, That's very exciting for UCLA fans, very exciting for just any college football fan. It's going to be fun to see what he's able to do there. But the big question this year is the quarterback. There's a bunch of guys in the race. I think number one on the list is probably Devin Modster. Played well after taking over for Josh Rosen last year. But there's also Dorian Thompson Robinson, highly touted true freshman coming in. Seems like more of a fit, dual threat for that uh, Chip Kelly offense. And there's also another speedster, Wilton Spate, who transferred yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. weird, I think he's playing school, guys. I think he's playing school. I don't know. But we'll see. He's, uh <laughs> wouldn't shock me, I guess, if he uh, started a game at some point this year. Yeah. But whoever starts at quarterback... Is working behind a depleted offensive line. A lot of guys going to the NFL. The receiving core is depleted as well. They lose Jordan Lasley. So I think the offense should be mediocre. And defensively, they were one of the worst in the country last year. Horrible against the run, but they do get a lot of guys back from injury. Um, I'm excited to see what former number one overall recruit Jalen Phillips does in their new three four offense. He's a, or three four defense, three four offense. That would be crazy. <laughs> I'd like to see that, but. He's going to be an outside linebacker now, so we'll see what he can do. But I'm going under, and because of all the reasons I just listed, and also their schedule is brutal. At OU, they get Fresno State, and then they draw, of course, the dreaded Trinity from the north. So, under on UCLA.
2: Yeah, Michael, you touched on it. The the QB situation, it's fascinating, and... I really I don't quite understand why Wilton Spate moved to UCLA uh, under Chip Kelly but you know so be it so be it now I have I kind of have a joke for you guys you kind of have a joke all right let's hear it how do you guys think Jamabo at running back is
1: so-so so-so yeah (laughs) so-so nice nice (laughs) so there's some great names on this team they do have some solid names
2: they were they were really pathetic on defense last year. They ranked in the bottom third of the country in most of the defensive statistics. So, they're going to have to wreck some havoc and improve in order for them to to go bowling this year. And you know, they they do have a tough schedule, but looking at it in order to get over that win total, they're going to have to do well early because the last 5 games they play Utah, Oregon, Arizona State, USC and Stanford. So you could maybe say on paper ASU is the easiest. I mean, that's a tough last five game slate. So they're gonna have to do pretty well in the in the early stages to to get over this. So I'm leaning under.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm actually gonna go over on UCLA. They wow. were. Uh, you're you're a Chip Kelly hater too. Yeah, and I'm I'm just kind of going against you guys. It seems like so far this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were pathetic at running the ball last year and stopping it. But I'm talking about the offense right now. Um. They weren't very good, so but with um but with Kelly, I I think that's going to improve dramatically. And you touched on it, Mike. They had so many injuries, but a lot of guys got experience. So with all those guys coming back, it should help their depth. And I think the main thing is we'll see a more motivated team. I think things got pretty stale with Mora there. It just it just seemed like he was on the hot seat for four years in a row, and just he should have been fired three years earlier so i'm gonna say a more motivated bruin team will do just enough to get to six and six all right who's our next dark horse ryan all right that would be uh colorado uh, puffalos um nice 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 um and their current over under total is four and a half so pretty darn low um colorado's 2016 season is certainly looking like a mirage at this point. Um, last year, they were a disappointing 5-7, and seven, and it actually might be worse this year. Steven Montez is back at quarterback, and he's going to have to significantly improve if the Buffaloes are going to make a bowl game this year. And it's not going to help uh, losing their best player on offense and running back, Phillip Lindsay and their top three receivers. Um, although they did get a graduate transfer at running back um, from Virginia Tech, Trayvon McMillan. Um, so that should lessen the blow of Lindsey, but it's not like McMillan is some all American, but it'll, yeah. it, he's, he's not bad. Um, another rough thing is they lose three offensive linemen. So the offense is going to have its challenges, uh, defensively losing Jim Levitt after that 2016 season just killed them. They brought in DJ Elliott last year, who was from Kentucky, which a very, which was a very curious hire because his style is, was much different than Levitt's. It's more of a, you know sit back bend but don't break defense and they just did more breaking than bending last year (laughs) um so i I just don't think things are going to get much better on the defensive side of the ball so i'm going to say uh it's going to be another rough year i'm going to take the under on the buffaloes
1: yeah you bring up the fact that uh, a couple years ago being a barrage mike mcintyre he he was on top of the world at that point he was was. i think he won pac-12 coach of the year and he should have if he didn't looked like a a hot head coaching candidate to potentially take on a bigger job but now he's maybe on the hot seat or at least if they go four and eight this year or something he will be on the hot seat i think they're gonna be okay though um i think they've got a chance to make a bowl game i like steven montez he does sometimes make really boneheaded decisions make throws that you can't believe (laughs) yes he does he actually makes but uh if he can reduce those, which I think he will try to, guys, you think he's gonna try to reduce those turnovers? He'll probably try. Yeah. He's gonna try as his damnedest. So defensively, they brought in a lot of JUCOs to shore up that defense, which was really bad last year. So maybe there's some immediate help there. And then the last thing is the schedule. They've got New Hampshire at home, Oregon State, and Colorado State at home as well. So there's a decent chance, good chance at three wins, and I think they can find two more elsewhere. Not at Nebraska. Oh my, oh, my God. Maybe at Nebraska.
2: It really makes you think about how that 2016 season happened. It, it's just amazing. Very it's weird. Before and after that, it's produced very little. They were 106th in S&P Plus defense last year. Is that bad? And it's, it's not good. And it's just remarkable to see. It's not all Jim Levitt, but the fact that he left, and then one year they just turned into a debacle, That it's pretty amazing. So... But that being said, they, they should, they should get better than 106, really going out on a limb there. They, they have most of their D line and, and the linebacking core does return. But with this team as a whole, I'm going to lean under as I really only see a couple games where I'm confident they're going to win. You touch on New Hampshire and Oregon State, but having to play on the road at Nebraska, at USC, Washington and Arizona, it's going to be brutal. So. I think I think your your point is right, Michael. He Mike McIntyre might have to be on the hot seat if if you know if they win only three or four games
1: this year. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, one more team left, and I think they probably just missed the cut. Who we got here, Trey? It's the long shot. Yeah, you
2: played to win the game. Nice, nice. <laughs> We've <laughs> nice. got Arizona State, the Sun Devils. Um, their over unders four and a half here. With a a slight lean to the, to the over, but what it, it's Herm's time to, to shut the critics up now. You know, he's lucky that he has quarterback Manny Wilkins returning. Wilkins was a bright spot for most of the year last year for the, for the Sun Devils. And they, they return 80% of their production on the offensive side of the ball, which includes three linemen up front. Now the the thing that's interesting about this is their offensive coordinator comes from more of an air raid style of of attack. So it's going to be interesting if if they try to air it out with Wilkins or they bring in some balance with with their running backs. I feel like Edwards is more a little more conservative and would like more of a balance. So we'll see how that that kind of plays out. Now the defense, they might struggle. They lose 5 of their 6 on the front end from an already, you know, fairly suspect defense last year. So I'm not really buying Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils. I will ad- admit that he did actually do a decent job at uh, recruiting in the latter half. So, you know, yeah. maybe it's not maybe it's not all doom and gloom there. But in this particular in this particular season, I'm leaning under since they drew Washington, Oregon and Stanford from the north and they have to play USC and and add Arizona.
0: Um no, that's a fair point, Trey, but I I'm taking the uh I'm going to go with the over here. Trey you mentioned they got a lot of returners. Um, but they even got a, they, they landed a graduate transfer, um, in the former Stanford offensive lineman, Casey Tucker, and he was injured last year. He didn't play, but the two years before that, he, he actually started for the, for the Cardinal. So that's another offensive lineman, uh, to throw in there. So he should make
1: a big impact. Yeah. They've got a a very experienced O-line.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's huge. Um, they have one of the best wide receiver units in the conference, I think. So I think the offense will be just fine. And I I like the the Danny Gonzalez hire at defensive coordinator. He's part of the Rocky Long coaching tree, and he'll install that unique 3-3-5 defense that San Diego State has had a lot of success with. And Arizona State's strength on the defense, as you mentioned, Trey, will be in the back end. So this will allow more of those guys to see the field. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be great on defense, because they definitely won't be. But with a healthy Karan Crump, who was one of the best pass rushers in the Pac-12 and that solid secondary, I think they'll improve a bit. So um, I'm going to say they do just enough and uh,
1: they'll get to five wins. Yeah, I'm also going over. Um, I'm not quite as bullish on the secondary as it sounds like you are with that 3-3-5. You need a lot of safeties and they've got some good corners. I'm not so sure about safety, Uh, but I'm just I'm so bullish on the offense. Uh, I think they've got the potential to be a a top two or three group in the Pac-12. You mentioned the receiving core, Ryan. I think we gotta say his name, Nikhil Henry. He has yeah. Yeah, he was amazing the potential to be an all American this year. And and I also I, I think Manny Wilkins is one of the more underrated uh quarterbacks in the country. So I, I think they can get to five wins. Did you say Henry or Harry? Isn't it Harry? Oh, did I say Henry? Man. I think it's I think it's Harry. I don't even like football. <laughs> <laughs> I made a big deal about saying his name too, and then I said his name. <laughs> yeah, wrong. we gotta say I, his name. I, oh. I thought it was Harry. Did I say Harry? I'm looking at him right here the listeners know now his name's Harry I just I don't know what I said though but I thought you said Henry all right either way let's just move on guys let's forget that ever happened <laughs> okay we will do and let's get to the hot seat and I'm on the hot seat right now so okay fire away guys all right Michael USC or the field in the Pac-12 South I know you probably expect me to take USC but I don't actually. I'm he, he, <laughs> What's you, that? you don't you, you don't like to disappoint yourself he always hedges all right well then i'm doing exactly what you expect <laughs> i'm taking the field you know freshman quarterback o-line that like i said earlier should be improved but is still a bit of a question mark and then there are two big contenders in the pac-12 south arizona and utah they play both of them on the road so i i think usc is the plurality favorite but i would take the field okay who is the most underrated player in the division? I'm going to go with Chase Hansen of Utah. He was originally recruited as a quarterback, converted to safety his freshman year, and it's been really good there the last couple of years. Now he's converting to linebacker, and so he's going to be near the action a little bit more. He already had a lot of tackles for loss for safety, so I think he's got the potential to have a hundred tackle season his senior year and uh, and make a lot of plays in the backfield. Okay, well played, Michael. Who has the best quarterback-wide receiver combo in the South? I'm going with what we just talked about, the projected worst team in the division, Arizona State. I'm going Manny Wilkins and say his name, (laughs) (laughs) Nikhil Harrison. (laughs) Love Nikhil Harrison. Potential All-American there. Uh, But Manny Wilkins, 27 touchdowns, total touchdowns, and eight interceptions last year. A really impressive eight yards per attempt. So I think he could have a huge year. And then, like I said, Harrison was second in the <laughs> uh, Pac-12 in receiving yards last year. Harrison was great, sure, yeah. So great. Yeah. God, I love Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last question.
0: Michael, we all know you are more of a USC fan than a Nebraska fan at this point. <laughs> but my question to you is this. If USC and Nebraska met each other in the national championship game, USC. Knowing... Wow. <laughs> Knowing that if Nebraska lost, your entire family would be devastated.
1: You would still root for USC? 100%, yeah. Oh, you, you don't care about your family. <laughs> I do care about my family, but come on. I mean, Ouch. I got to be loyal to the alma mater. You would still be happy if Nebraska won the championship. No, it would be a nice... If, if they're going to lose to anybody, I'd love for it to be Nebraska, but... You know, there is also a part of me that wants to see both of my brothers in despair. Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought you'd at least like think about it for a second. Wow. No. Nope, nope. No hesitation. All right. Well, how did I do on the hot seat, guys? I'm sweating. You you, you survived. You're good until the end. <laughs> Jerk. All right. Let's get to our, our championship picks. Ryan, who do you think is going to be in the Pac-12 championship and who will win? Okay. Uh, this was difficult um,
0: for the South. Um, but I, I'm going to take Utah despite the more difficult schedule. Um, they get USC at home and that's a big, big difference. I think they'll win that game and own the tiebreaker over USC and that's how they'll get in. Um, and I say they'll face Washington from the north and I'm going to take the to beat the
1: Utes for the title. Okay, I'm also going with Washington in the north. Hard to pick against them. I do like Oregon and I like the way their schedule shakes out, but I'm super high on Washington. I'll probably have them as a playoff pick. And I'm going to say that they beat USC. Um, I just think USC is the most complete team in the South. So they're going to win the division at eight and four? Yes, I do think they will. They could lose at Texas, lose to Notre Dame, and then two losses in the conference. Worst division in football. (laughs) Well,
2: someone's got to win. I, I, I just, I can't believe I'm saying this and there's really no way I'm, this is going to happen, but I, I have Arizona in the South. I, I need, that's possible. I need, no, I need I, Khalil Tate like to that. be like Lamar Jackson this year. Um, you know, and, but regardless, whether it be USC or Arizona, I think either team probably loses to, to Washington fairly handily. So I think we, it's a clean sleep for Washington as Pac 12 champs for us. All right. It is time
1: for the questionable finish. An arbitrator ruled against Steve Sarkeesian's thirty million dollar wrongful termination lawsuit against USC. What one decision that you made cost you the most money? Okay, I'll start us off here. Well, it's not necessarily my decision, but
0: when we were when we were young, we were kids, we were living in Seattle and a radio station was kind of having a, a competition oh. where there were they hit a key somewhere in downtown Seattle, and you had to guess where this key was hidden. And people would just have to call into the radio station and give their guess. And I told my mom to guess, hey, guess the pink tow truck. And they're under the pink tow truck. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one. And then about a week later, we're driving in the car listening to the same radio station. And somebody calls in and certainly they say oh, It's under the pink tow truck, and it was right. And they
1: that person won $25,000 right there. So, ouch! Yeah, that, that hurts. She owes you twenty five dollars plus she interest. Owes grand, I know, imagine what that would be today. <laughs> wow, you probably would have blown it on Coke. <laughs> Coca Cola literally <laughs> rides a Coke could. fiend.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the stock market, um, and in particular, I believed in Under Armour. Mm. I was sitting. I was sitting pretty, they had strong gains, and then it all came plummeting (laughs) down, and I lost.
1: And I lost bet. What is this, mad money? Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. All right, my my decision was uh, deciding to start a podcast. You you lost a lot of money. Hosting (laughs) fees, I got to buy mixers, microphones, it's just a mess. And the value of your time, which actually probably isn't that much. Yeah, if anything, my time is (laughs) worth negative value, so... (laughs) I could be doing coke with Ryan right now if I wasn't podcasting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, next question. Chip Kelly, Herm Edwards, and Kevin Sumlin all changed jobs this offseason. What would your dream new job be? Hmm, I it had to be have to be something in sports, maybe you know working for ESPN
2: or let's see. Actually, no, here it is. To be a caddy for a legit golfer. All right. I mean, you get to travel to these nice places, you have nice accommodations, pretty stress-free if you ask me. You just carry a bag for 18 holes.
1: I think that would be my dream job. (laughs) What if you were the golfer? Yeah, you could. Only Trey would say the cat. You could be the golfer. (laughs) You could. This is your dream job. Well, if I could be the golfer, I didn't know that was part of the criteria, then yes. Dream job. I would go uh, being a professional better, like a sports better. Mm. And particularly, if I could take S&P Plus right now and go back to like nineteen eighty. Like, I just can't even imagine how well it would do against the betting markets. So that'd be pretty sweet. Okay, fair enough. And you might be in jail by now. True. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mine would probably be,
0: you know, I've been a basketball coach for the last four years. So I would say if I could be like a head coach of an NBA team or something, that way you don't have to do all the recruiting. Like, I wouldn't want to do college because it's way more stressful, I feel like. But NBA seems
1: a little more low-key. I mean, it's, it's stressful for sure, but it would be fun, I think. Okay, last question. Herm Edwards was hired after 10 years of not coaching. What's something you haven't done in a long time that you think you might still be good at? Okay, I'll start
0: us off with this one. Um, I haven't played this for a really, really long time, but I'm just going to say I'm going to go to a sport. I'll say soccer. Uh, wow! When I was young, I was I was pretty good at that. I was pretty good. <laughs> when you were like six, pretty, pretty good soccer player. If I don't say so myself, <laughs> well, you know, I picked it up a couple of times here recently, and I've been surprised that I can actually still kind of you know keep the ball on my foot and not lose control and stuff. Did you so. get
2: an orange slice after your your game? Yeah,
0: in a juice box. I got a nice juice Capri box.
1: Sun. Yeah, tasty. Okay, mine is uh, is also a sport. It's candystand.com mini golf. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Which we probably spent thousands of hours playing that game, guys. Candy it was Stand, awesome. Yeah. Wow. That was that was a good game. I'm going to say
2: basketball. Um, not, I'm not a good all-around player, but I can hold my own against almost anyone in a shooting contest, so you get me in the gym, I'll pick that back up.
1: Yeah, you were you were a very good shooter. All right, that does it for our Pac-12 South and Championship preview. Thanks for listening and once again, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. And follow us on Instagram at CollegeFootballBros, on Twitter at CFBBros, and we will be back next week with the Big 12.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays follow them on twitter at cfb bros thanks for listening